Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked into their host, Brent McGuire. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. In today's episode, we're going to answer all of your questions in our usual Friday fan mailbag. Before we get into the episode, though, as usual, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at BMAGS94. You can find the podcast at Locked On Angels. You can find my written work at Crashing the Pearly Gates. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to download, subscribe, rate, and review the Locked On Angels podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So happy Friday. Hope you are doing well and enjoyed a few days off from Angels baseball. The craziness is back once again. The second half of the Major League season starts today. The Angels will face off against the Seattle Mariners for a three-game set. I don't think we need to preview this much. They just played the Mariners prior to the All-Star break. I think most Angels fans have an understanding of what this Mariners team is about. So we'll skip doing much of a preview. And because we have quite a few questions for today's episode, I did want to dive into those pretty quickly. I don't think I have much else to add at the top of this episode other than one piece of news for the Salt Lake Bees. Griffin Canning was placed on the injured list. Uh, Obviously, Canning was sent down uh, a few weeks ago, so this was a noteworthy development to pass along. It's a lower back strain according to some of the Angels beat writers. But I believe that's all I've got for you at the top. So why don't we just get into these questions so I can spend as much time as possible. First question is from Dan. Uh, Appreciate Dan sending this question. He, He had some nice things to say about the show and I really do appreciate that. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase his question, but essentially Dan was asking about So he starts this off by saying there are many factors that can influence the Angels' ability to attract a good player to the Angels. One of the examples he brought up was Anthony Rendon joining the Angels rather than the Dodgers because of the quote-unquote Hollywood lifestyle of Los Angeles. And then this is kind of where the question comes in. How far do you think those same sentiments, positive and negative, go in the minds of free agents and uh, trade prospects? What do you think about Artie's reputation, good or bad, as a factor in players' minds when it comes to a decision, assuming they have some some control, to play for the Angels? Does the bottom line speak the loudest, or could Artie be a fatal flaw? So really do appreciate this question, Dan. There's uh, a, There are a lot of different things to take from this. I think if I could summarize this to the best of my ability, I do think there is something to be said for the Angels struggling to attract good players to the organization, at least when you're looking from the pitching side of things. We have seen time and time and time again over the past five years that pitchers have not done well in Anaheim, and that has got to be a factor in the minds of many free agents. And I am sure that there are some free agents out there, if they're deciding between a couple of teams who are offering similar amounts of money, if one of those teams is doing a better job of getting the most out of their pitchers, then 
there's a good argument to be made that they're probably going to pick the team that does a better job of doing that than the Angels. So I think just from that principle, I think there's something to be said for the Angels' track record and their problem with attracting good players to come to the Angels. And this is not something that is necessarily the case for position players. Uh, Dan talked about Anthony Rendon. Shohei Otani picked the Angels when he didn't have to. Justin Upton signed an extension to come back to the Angels. So there are examples of position players wanting to come to the Angels. I don't think you can make the same argument for pitchers. I think there's a deeper question that Dan has here, though, about Artie's reputation. I do think there is something to be said about maybe his business model over the last handful of years, and maybe it has rubbed people the wrong way, whether that was letting scouts go during the pandemic, maybe uh, doing some of those business decisions that kind of irked the public in the wrong way. I'm sure there were a lot of players who were very well aware of that and maybe decided, hey, this is maybe not the organization that I want to represent. Now, this is a, a theory of mine. This is not necessarily rooted in actual evidence that I have. It is something that I've thought about uh, based on the behavior of Artie Moreno and some of their decisions they've made over the last couple of seasons. But I think overall, yes, the Angels do have a problem with attracting a certain type of player to come to the Angels. I think when you look at their inability to bring pitching in, I think part of that is an organizational uh, flaw, but I think it's also something about pitchers just kind of seeing what the organization has done with pitching and decided, you know what, we're going to go somewhere else. So good question from Dan, really fun one, uh, I guess, depending on how you look at it, to start off this episode. Let's move on to our next set of questions from Jacob asking, who is the Angels right fielder on August 1st? Let's start with this one. We'll go to the other ones. You know, this is a really tough one because they just signed Adam Eaton a couple days ago. That means he's probably got a long enough leash where I can say, yeah, he'll probably be around in a couple of weeks. But it is a good and interesting question. I think the plan for the Angels might be utilizing Adam Eaton and Taylor Ward as that platoon for as long as they can. If they can get enough meaningful production from that platoon, they might just stick with them for the rest of the year. But I think the hope is one of Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh are going to be able to kind of like make it happen and get themselves promoted to the big leagues. And I, I think that's kind of been where the Angels have been at for most of this year. Uh, Jacob's next question is from, or is uh, asking how many pitchers from this year's angels draft or undrafted free agents contribute in the major leagues in the next five years. So Jacob, I would like to say that there are going to be several of these pitchers making it to the major leagues for very obvious reasons. Every single one of their 20 picks was a pitcher. So you would like to think that they're going to have a pretty high success rate of getting those guys to the major leagues. I mean, Jacob, I know you follow the game very closely, so I think you're aware of the the bust rate for pitchers making it up to the major leagues. It is a long and often unforgiving process to try to draft pitching and get them to the major leagues, especially when we're talking about 
an organization like the Angels who have struggled. But that's kind of a pessimistic way of looking at this. We spent some time talking about these different picks yesterday. I I think Sam Bachman is a pretty good bet to make it to the major leagues pretty quickly. I'm not convinced that he's going to be a starter. That does not mean I don't think he's going to be a useful major leaguer. It's very possible that he's a reliever only type of guy, or at least to start his career. But if you're looking for a guy that's going to make it up really quickly, he's one of those guys. Kai Bush, their second round pick is also a guy that kind of fits that mold, maybe reliever risk in his profile, but pitched pretty well at a pretty decently big college, could make it up to the major leagues pretty quickly. But if I'm trying to give you like a hard uh, concrete number of how many guys I think could make it, you know, in a normal year where there were 40 picks in the draft, you would say if you can get two to five pitchers from that draft, it probably feels pretty good. And even though the Angels only selected pitchers in this draft, you're still only talking about 20 different guys. So the success rate for those guys generally is pretty low. But I think like an optimistic projection would be if you can get five of those guys, maybe six or seven in a good year to the major leagues in some sort of role, that's probably a big win for the Angels. I think realistically, if you can get two or three of those guys to be real uh, guys that can contribute at the major league level, that is probably a pretty big win for the Angels. And there was one other question that Jacob had, most likely prospect we should get our goodbyes ready for if the Angels buy. So, you know, I'm not super aware of what the Angels' plans are right now, and I would assume that they're going to buy just because they're close enough right now. But there are varying different levels of how are you going to buy? What are you going to spend your uh, your resources on? Are you going to get a guy for just this season? Are you looking beyond this season to the future? And I think that determines where the Angels might go. I think the obvious guy, if the Angels were trying to make a bigger move, is going to be Jordan Adams. He is right behind Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele in terms of prospect status, guys the Angels can build around. They have Mike Trout, obviously, in the major leagues. They've got Justin Upton locked up for another year. If the Angels are trying to go out and make that significant move, not just for a rental for this year, but maybe a guy who's under control through next season and beyond, you're looking at a guy like Jordan Adams potentially being moved. If they're going for something a little more in the middle, maybe it's one of those high upside toolsy prospects, a guy like Jeremiah Jackson, Kyron Paris, someone of that mold. And anything below that, like if you're looking to trade for a guy that's a rental like Max Scherzer, maybe a guy like Kyle Gibson, it's not going to cost that much. So I don't think there's any prospect that you necessarily have to worry about in that scenario. But if they are going for like a big move, I definitely see a guy like Jordan Adams being one of those guys that other teams are going to be asking about. So our next question is from R4. I think I actually don't know how to say this. It's R4VEL. Um, what ifs are obviously difficult questions to navigate, but what do you think the Angels' record heading into the All-Star break would have been if Trout, Fowler, and Upton were healthy, Rendon too, but being a little bit better and had Stassi played 
uh, two-thirds of the games at catcher. So yeah, I, I don't think you're kidding when you're saying this is a difficult question to kind of navigate because it's always hard to figure out the what-ifs. If Mike Trout was healthy, how many wins are you adding to the Angels total? If you could just go by wins above replacement, I think it's fair to say that in a span of two months or so, which is about how long Mike Trout has been out, you could have realistically expected about two wins, something along those lines, if they had gotten some better health from Anthony Rendon and Justin Upton. Maybe you're tacking on another win, maybe a half a win or something like that, according to wins above replacement. And same thing goes for Stassi. You know, if everybody was healthy, I think the Angels would probably be a good three to four games better. And that's obviously a pretty big difference in the grand scheme of things, given where the Angels are at. If they were, say, 46 and 43 or 47 and 42, that's a pretty big difference considering they're kind of right in that mix for a playoff spot. But as you mentioned, difficult question to answer. So I don't know what the exact answer for this is. We're going to take our first break of the episode. When we get back, we're going to answer the remaining questions for the mailbag. But let me first tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars on the market right now. And they have delicious flavors that are for everyone. Whether you're looking for a fruity flavor like raspberry, a traditional flavor like chocolate, or something a little bit more interesting like salted caramel or mint brownie, Built Bar has you covered. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're the healthiest too. Most bars have almost 20 grams of protein, fewer than 200 calories, and they're low in sugar and net carbs. If you go to Built.com and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. So we've got quite a few more questions to answer, so I don't want to waste any more time. Why don't we get into the next question from Hordez asking, do you think Otani will sign a big deal with the Angels after his current contract ends? So we got an Otani question in the same realm last week, kind of asking about what are they going to do with him? I mean, what kind of contract are we looking at? It's important to remember that Otani is locked up through the next two seasons. So that he's not going to be a free agent until after the 2023 season. And it's worth noting as well that prior to the season, the Angels announced a two-year, $8.5 million extension with him through next season. So the only year that the Angels do not have Otani kind of guaranteed for a set contract as of right now is 20. 23. But I don't know if this is exactly the answer that Horde is, is looking for. I think there is a deeper question about what what kind of deal are we looking at with Otani? And this is something I tried to navigate through on last week's episode. And I still don't have a great idea of what his value might be for very obvious reasons. This is a unique player putting up a uniquely all-time historic type of season. And we haven't really seen this over the course of a full season from Otani. He was great in 2018, but only pitched for a couple months. He was very good at the plate in 2019, but was not pitching the entire season. He 
had an off year in a weird pandemic season last year. And now we're looking at a guy that is the best player in baseball this year, the game's number one star as of right now, doing something that literally has not been done in a century. You can't really put a price tag on what he's done this year. If the Angels were to try to sign Otani, let's say Otani was going to become a free agent after this season and he was not signed by the Angels as of right now. The type of value that we're talking about is probably pushing him towards the Mike Trout contract, the Mookie Betts contract. It is an astronomically high level that teams would be willing to work with. And I think what makes Otani such a valuable player is beyond just like the the marketing appeal of him. With Otani, if something doesn't work out, if the pitching side of things doesn't work out for him, he can just go become a right fielder and still be one of the best hitters in baseball. And if the hitting thing, for some reason, was not able to work out, he could just go and pitch. So I think there's a very big safety net with him that teams would feel very comfortable about. But, you know, for an exact dollar dollar figure right now, I really, I, I and I mean this, I really don't know what that would look like. I think the Angels should absolutely explore doing this. I mean, locking him up long-term would be fantastic for him and the organization, but I really just don't have a good idea of what that kind of cost is going to be right now. Next question is from Max, who is with Rocks in the outfield, uh, asking, which happens first, Otani hits 45 home runs or Joe Adele gets called up? You know, I'm going to go with Otani hitting 45 home runs because the pace that he's been on this year is putting him close to 60 home runs, and especially right before the All-Star break, he was homer get felt like every other plate appearance. He's at 33 right now. We're talking about him hitting 12 more, something that it feels like he could do that in a month. And based on the fact that the Angels have not called Joe Adele up quite yet, the fact that they just signed Adam Eaton, gives me some pause on where they think Adele is at right now. I think it's worth mentioning that, yes, Joe Adele is hitting a lot of home runs this year. We're seeing a slight um, decline in his strikeout rate. But overall, the numbers are not insanely good this season. I know his season started off really well, but if you're trying to adjust for where he's playing at, his weighted runs created plus, which kind of neutralizes your environment and tries to compare you to what the league average player is doing. He's at 107. So he's got a 107 weighted runs created plus, which means he's been 7% better than the league average hitter at AAA, which again, that's not a bad thing. That's not like he's putting up horrible numbers, but I do think it's important to look at those numbers and realize that they are inflated because of the run scoring environment that he is in. So yeah, I this is not really that close for me. I really think that Otani is going to hit that mark before Joe Adele gets called up. Next question is from Brian asking, of the minor leaguers who haven't made the big league club this year, who do you think is next to come up and make a contribution? Another good question. I'm going to go with Reed Detmers, and this is not a hot take. This is not a crazy statement, but the Angels have shown a propensity to push their pitchers a little bit in the last couple of years, whether that's Griffin Canning or... Chris Rodriguez, even a guy like Jose Suarez, they've really shown this 
pattern of trying to promote guys as quickly as possible. I think they're very aware of the fact that the shelf life for pitchers is very limited. So if a guy is producing, you might want to just get him up as quick as you can because arm problems, unfortunately, are an issue with many pitchers. So Reed Detmers, we've talked about him a lot recently. Leading the minor leagues with his strikeout rate, he's striking at about 43% of opposing hitters. The stuff has been incredibly good. He looked really good at the Futures game. I think he is a lot closer than I think I ever envisioned him being. I think he could be that next big prospect that is called up for the Angels. And our last question from Omar. How optimistic are you with the Angels and their playoff chances starting the second half of the season? I have gone back and forth on this, and I definitely felt a little bit better before they lost two of three before the break. It They're in a pretty decent spot considering everything that has happened this year with the pitching woes, the injuries to Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, recently Justin Upton. They're still only one game above 500, but they are within, I would say, striking distance of a playoff spot. Now, the teams that currently occupy those spots are pretty darn good. I mean, you've got Boston, the White Sox, Astros are leading their divisions. Tampa Bay's got that first wild card spot. Oakland has, has that second wild card spot. I don't think I am very comfortable with saying that the Angels are better than the Rays or the A's. But the teams ahead of them, I think the Angels might be better than the Yankees. I think they're better than the Seattle Mariners, even though the Mariners are several games up right now. And between the or the Blue Jays and Cleveland, I think the Angels maybe are slightly worse, but not in a substantial way. So when I'm looking to see where they're at right now, I do think it is possible that if the Rays or the A's have maybe a subpar second half of the season, which again, feels unlikely, the Angels could very well be one of those teams that makes it into the mix. They're five and a half games back right now. The teams behind them right now are way behind, so there's nobody else to really worry about. So this is a long way of saying that I feel pretty decent. I think it's unlikely that the Angels are going to make it to the playoffs because they still have some significant ground to make up, but they are close enough. They're going to get Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Justin Upton back this month. They're almost certainly going to add pitching at the deadline. This could be a very good team if some things break right for them, but there's still a significant gap, and it's big enough where I do worry about their ability to kind of make that up in a couple of months. We're going to take our final break of this episode before we get out of here, but first let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs. So make sure to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So this was a fun episode. As I generally like to say at the end of the week, I really do like doing these mailbags on Fridays. It's a very fun ending to the week. It kind of takes the, uh, it allows the fans to ask questions. And I do really like getting those different 
questions that make you think a little bit beyond just like the normal day-to-day analysis of the Angels. So I do appreciate everybody sending in those questions. As mentioned before, the second half of the season starts today. The Angels have three games at home at Angel Stadium against the Seattle Mariners, the same team they just played. The Angels are five and a half games back of a playoff spot. So this should be a very, very interesting second half of the season. But I believe that is all I've got for today's episode. So as always, thank you for joining. Stay safe out there. We will talk some Angels baseball on Monday. This episode was brought to you by the Locked On Today podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski, who gives you updates on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So make sure to follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from.